John chapter 18, and I'll begin reading at verse 12 and read through to the end of the chapter. Then the band and the captain and officers of the Jews took Jesus and bound him and led him away to Annas first, for he was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was the high priest that year, that same year. Now Caiaphas was he who gave counsel to the Jews that it was expedient that one man should die for the people. And Simon Peter followed Jesus, and so did another disciple. That disciple was known unto the high priest, and went in with Jesus into the court of the high priest. But Peter stood at the door outside, then went out that other disciples who was known unto the high priest, and spoke unto her that kept the door, and brought in Peter. Then saith the maid that kept the door unto Peter, Art not thou also one of this man's disciples? He saith, I am not. And the servants and officers stood there, who had made a fire of coals, for it was cold, and they warmed themselves, and Peter stood with them and warmed himself. The high priest then asked Jesus of his disciples and of his doctrine. Jesus answered him, I spoke openly to the world. I ever taught in the synagogue and in the temple where the Jews always resort, and in secret have I said nothing. Why askest thou me? Ask them who heard me what I have said unto them. Behold, they know what I said." And when he had thus spoken, one of the officers who stood by struck Jesus with the palm of his hand, saying, Answerest thou the high priest so? Jesus answered him, If I have spoken evil, bear witness of the evil. But if well, why smitest thou me? Now Annas had sent him bound unto Caiaphas the high priest, and Simon Peter stood and warmed himself. They said therefore unto him, Art not thou also one of his disciples? He denied it, and said, I am not. One of the servants of the high priest, being his kinsman, whose ear Peter cut off, saith, Did not I see thee in the garden with him? Peter then denied again, and immediately the cock crowed. Then led they Jesus from Caiaphas unto the hall of judgment, and it was early, and they themselves went not into the judgment hall, lest they should be defiled, but that they might eat the Passover. Pilate then went out unto them and said, What accusation bring ye against this man? They answered and said unto him, If he were not a male factor, we would not have delivered him up unto thee. Then said Pilate unto them, Take ye him, and judge him according to your law. The Jews therefore said unto him, It is not lawful for us to put any man to death, that the saying of Jesus might be fulfilled, which he spoke, signifying what death he should die. Then Pilate entered into the judgment hall again, and called Jesus, and said unto him, Art thou the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, Sayest thou this thing of thyself, or did others tell it thee of me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Thine own nation and the chief priests have delivered thee unto me. Why hast thou, what hast thou done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight, that I should not be delivered into, to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from here. Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born. For this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. Pilate saith unto him, What is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again unto the Jews, and saith unto them, I find in him no fault at all. But ye have a custom, that I should release unto you one at the Passover. Will ye therefore that I release unto you the king of the Jews? 
Then cried they all again, saying, Not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. Shall we pray? Loving Father, we do thank you for the reading of the Scriptures concerning this time of Jesus' great trial and of his sufferings to follow. And pray, Father, that you may remind us often of the sufferings of Christ and why he came into the world, that he came to die for the sins of the world. For this very purpose was he born, that he might go to the cross and die and shed his precious blood to rise again on the third day and to ascend to the right hand of the Father. We thank you and praise you, our Lord, and ask for your blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, as we've come to this um, uh, pivotal section here where the Lord is now taken and and uh, goes through these various events concerning his trial and uh, ultimately uh, will come to his crucifixion, we find that these events uh, mark a very uh, important time in the life and ministry of Christ, for it is his hour of suffering that is to come upon him. We're going to be looking at several areas here this afternoon. First of all, the trial of Jesus is in view here. Uh, He was taken to Annas, then to Caiaphas. And um, as we consider that Annas was probably uh, the high priest that was replaced. Uh, Caiaphas, of course, uh, being a not only the... uh, appointed high priest but uh, a family member to Annas and so we find that they seem to work in conjunction with one another at this very important time here. Uh, Secondly Peter followed uh, and another disciple and of course uh, we aren't told who the other disciple is and that there is some speculation about this And uh, we can look at that a little bit as we continue through this passage here. But Peter, of course, plays a central figure, for we find that uh, it was predicted by Christ himself that Peter would deny the Lord uh, three times, and we find that the the fulfillment of that in this passage. Uh, Thirdly, Jesus is questioned by the high priest uh, concerning his disciples and and concerning the doctrine which he taught. Um, And, of course, they are looking for more grounds where they might uh, suffer the Lord Jesus Christ to be taken and to be judged and ultimately to be killed. Uh, Fourthly, Jesus is taken to the Hall of Judgment. And, of course, the Hall of Judgment represents the place where Pilate would, uh, he would stand before Pilate and there uh, he would find himself being questioned as to the role of King of the Jews. And uh, Pilate is not convinced that Jesus is worthy of death, but the Jews will, of course, have none of it. They desire that they would be rid of this man and uh, that they would uh, uh, be able to uh, reestablish their authority among the people and uh, would stop uh, his uh, meddling into their affairs. And so Jesus is taken to the Hall of Judgment at the close of this chapter. And so as we begin, we'd like to begin with verse 12 here. Um, As we look at uh, Jesus being taken to trial and those circumstances, then the band and the captain and officers of the Jews took Jesus and bound him. Now we know Jesus was in the garden of of Gethsemane. He was there uh, after the time or season of prayer. And we find that uh, the officers come. And of course they come with Judas. Judas is the betrayer. Uh, He betrayed Christ with a kiss. And we find that as they capture Christ, as they take him at this very critical moment, uh, he allows them to take him. He allows them. Uh, He, of course, could have escaped uh, out of their presence very easily. Um, By his very word, they would have all fallen to the ground, and while they were down on the ground, because he uh, he spoke to them with such uh, authority as the I am of God, he could have escaped. But he he designed not to do that. 
After all, Christ came into the world to die for the sins of the world. He came to fulfill the Father's purposes and plan of redemption. He came to do the will of the Father. And so uh, he allowed himself to be bound. And so he was, and the Jews took Jesus and bound him. Verse 13, and led him away to Annas first, for he was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was the high priest that same year. Now, as I said, uh, the, the, the Romans had a way of trying to circumvent some of the activity among the high priests and among the people, and one of the things they did was to uh, appoint a high priest. The high priest was supposed to be elected for life, uh, but we find that probably Annas was that high priest originally, and he was somehow uh, replaced by the Romans, and it is believed that Caiaphas was the, the choice of the Romans. And that's why he was high priest that year. And that's why also that uh, they, uh, we find that the uh, officials, the temple officials, what do they do? They take him, take, take Jesus to Annas first, uh, because he was the... Um, the one to go to being that he was the official high priest among the Jews themselves, but Caiaphas only appointed. And so they, they take him to Annas, and then they take him to Caiaphas, and the explanation being given, who was the high priest that same year. Now Caiaphas was he who gave counsel to the Jews that it was expedient that one man should die for the people. And so here we have, um, in verse 14, uh, the admission by um, the uh, Caiaphas that he made such a statement. And of course John is recording this, and it is recorded because uh, John wants us to remember that these things come to pass not only because God prophesied them to be so, but that he even put it in the mouths of the enemy that uh, Jesus might be recognized as that one who would come and would die on the behalf of the people. Now, of course, Caiaphas had a different view in mind, of course. Um, he was simply saying something that meant that uh, it's better to kill Jesus and get rid of him than it is to have more problems among the Jews or to have problems with the Romans. Uh, many times the enemies of God's word do not know what they say or why they say it. They just say it out of, uh, out of the kind of... Uh, regard to which God providentially places within them. Now you remember Balaam and, and Balak and uh, how Balaam became, uh, was a reluctant prophet in this regard. That he often said things and God told him to do it and he had to do it no matter what. Uh, and so we find that uh, God often put it within the mouths of people. Even sometimes a, a dumb donkey <coughs> can speak. And so he does, and God means it to, to come to the hearts of people. And here we find that Caiaphas makes this statement. He makes this counsel, if you will. <clears throat> and we find, of course, the fulfillment in that Jesus himself would ultimately die on the behalf of not only his people, but for the sins of the world. In verse 15, And Simon Peter followed Jesus, and so did another disciple. That disciple was known unto the high priest and went in with Jesus into the court of the high priest. <clears throat> so we have a kind of an unusual situation. Peter, of course, is, uh, is following along uh, behind the, the officers, goes to the, the area where the high priest uh, holding Jesus, and uh, we find that this other disciple who was not named is known by the high priest and gives entrance to Peter for Peter to get into the area where Jesus was being questioned. Um, and so, you know, you may have a question. You may say, well, who is this other disciple? Uh, it may be... Uh, a number of different 
ideas on this subject. Uh, some suspect that it might have been John himself, as sometimes he writes uh, and not names himself. But when you consider that um, <clears throat> John was a fisherman, a uh, son of Zebedee, it's unlikely that he would have been very well acquainted with the high priest, Caiaphas. Um, so who would have been more acquainted with Caiaphas? I don't know, the first person I thought of might have been Judas. Uh, he, he was certainly known by Caiaphas, and he might have been considered to be a, a disciple, even though we find that he uh, betrayed the Lord. Or it might have been someone else. Well, we think of two other people who had a certain relationship to Jesus um, and claimed his body at the, after the trial, after the crucifixion. Uh, Nicodemus uh, was a real, kind of one of those secret disciples, and Joseph of Arimathea as well, a secret disciple. Could it have been one of them? Well, of course, we, we don't have any real true, uh, proof here to say who it was, uh, but we do know that it was someone who was a friend of Jesus. And one of the translators even, even translates this word disciple in this particular place as friend, rather than as the typical uh, thought that we have as a disciple, as one who sat at the feet of Jesus and learned at the feet of Jesus. Uh, so we're, we're not certain, uh, but uh, it is enough to say that there was someone uh, that was known and the high priest even knew that they were sympathizers of the Lord Jesus. And John even names in the situation uh, here that this other disciple, this other disciple, that disciple was known unto the high priest. So Caiaphas knew that he was a friend of Jesus. And uh, he went in with Jesus into the court of the high priest. But Peter stood at the door outside, um, then went out one, that other disciple. So here is the other disciple again. He's, he's uh, active in this, uh, in this particular circumstance. And says, who was known unto the high priest and spoke unto her that kept the door and brought in Peter. So there was uh, evidently a woman who, a maid, someone who was uh, keeping the door, a servant probably, no doubt. And this servant was at the door, and uh, this uh, other disciple goes and speaks to the, the servant at the door and says, um, um, Peter is here, let him in. And so Peter has gains entrance. Now, of course, this plays into the whole narrative because Peter has to be somewhere in a close proximity that others may recognize him and that he would deny the Lord these three times that uh, in view. So verse 17, then with the maid uh, that kept the door unto Peter, art not thou also one of this man's disciples? He saith, I am not. And so um, we find that this is the first occasion, of course, as the maid uh, allows Peter to come in and is recognized, saying, Art not thou one of this man's disciples? He saith, I am not. And the servant and the officer stood there, who had made a fire of coals, for it was cold, and they warmed themselves, and Peter stood with them and warmed himself. And you'll notice on the front of the cover there, I, I found that uh, graphic there. Uh, Peter's warming himself. Uh, he's, uh, he's in the inner area where the high priest uh, had uh, allowed him to come because of this, this disciple who knew him. And, uh, and so he, he is there. He's, he's present. Even as the scripture indicates, he's present there. The high priest then asked Jesus of his disciples and his doctrine. Well, this becomes important also to the case, of course. Uh, he was not only taken uh, to Annas, then to Caiaphas. Peter followed. This other disciple became active in the circumstances that would allow Peter into that area where he would be, uh, play out this role of his denial. 
And Jesus is questioned by the high priest. Now, what does what is he questioned about, of course? Well, he seems to be questioned about his disciples and he's questioned about his teaching. Now, Jesus, of course, uh, was well known among the people and uh, everybody knew, um, relatively speaking, whenever a crowd was gathered and this man was teaching, they, they knew what he was saying. They knew the type of things that uh, Jesus was teaching. They knew that he was uh, teaching in such a way as to undermine the Pharisees and the Sadducees and uh, the religious rulers of the day. He was seeking to teach the Word of God uh, in a, a more critical manner than the Jews themselves followed as they did not keep the law with the true spirit of it, but rather only in the letter of the law. And Jesus found great fault with them upon uh, this particular regard. And so the high priest then asked Jesus of his disciples in verse 19, and his doctrine. Um, and one, would, one could imagine, well, this would be a practical way of beginning a conversation. Uh, where are your disciples? Uh, who were they? And what were you teaching? But notice uh, Jesus' uh, reply to them. Jesus answered him, verse 20, I spoke openly to the world. I ever taught in the synagogue and in the temple where the Jews always resort. And in secret have I said nothing. Uh, in other words, Jesus uh, told them plainly, you know exactly what I've been saying, you know what I have been teaching, you have even been present when I have been teaching it in the synagogue, that it was the place, of course, where they gathered to, to read the scriptures, and the place of, of comment and teaching many times. And uh, he says, uh, you know, you already know. And I openly, openly taught in these places. Now this reminds us, of course, that the gospel of Christ, the message of Christ and of redemption, is something that we do not hide either. It is supposed to be taught openly and publicly. We find that we are to be um, proponents of the gospel of Christ. We are to teach the message of Christ and of redemption. We're not to keep it secret. And but rather we are to tell it openly and that we are to publish it to the world. And Jesus said, I spoke openly to the world. And so they knew exactly what Jesus had, had been saying. And they knew exactly who had been listening as uh, they themselves took a particular note of who followed him and resorted unto him. And uh, in, in this particular uh, account that is given here by John, uh, this high priest even knew one of their own was a disciple of Jesus. One of their own acquaintances. He was a friend of Caiaphas. He was a friend of, of Annas. And so they knew who this man, uh, that he was a friend of Jesus, a sympathizer, if you will, of the, the teaching and ministry of the Lord Jesus and as I said, uh, we know that Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus were, were two men who were sympathizers of Jesus. Um, it doesn't name them. It doesn't mention them. We are left to our own uh, uh, interesting thoughts about this matter. But it is enough to say he had a disciple even in the inner working, working areas of the high priest and of his office. And this also reminds us, doesn't it, that Jesus, Jesus is known even in the inner areas of authority um, among those who are called officers or, or, or men of authority. Now, among the Jews, it would have been those, those temple officers such as the high priest and, and so forth. And uh, even those lower offices. And remember, when Paul is later captured and taken to Rome, where where is he? He's in the uh, the inner area concerning uh, Rome. He was among the soldiers. He was among those of of higher office. Um, he they they knew him. They knew him, and they uh, and he was there as well. 
And we find even today there, there are people who are believers, uh, disciples of Christ and, and followers of the Lord. They're, they're in government. They're there be, uh, as uh, emissaries of the Lord Jesus Christ. And they're there uh, doing the work that they have been called to do as far as the offices that they have been, they are, are to hold and so forth. And uh, we find that we, it is good to have believers serving in those areas. And perhaps you've had an opportunity to serve in some form of local government. Uh, that is also a part of something that we can do to honor the Lord by serving in some area of local government. I've served on a school board before. I served as a dog catcher. You might say, well, that isn't much to serve as a dog catcher. Go out and catch a dog. But you meet a lot of people being a dog catcher, an animal control officer. And you even get to go to court once in a while if you, if you want to write a ticket to someone or summons to somebody. And it's interesting, you know, you, you can have some influence among these people. And you might say, well, what's the influence you have? Well, notice that this particular person had some influence. He was known as a disciple of Jesus. Call him a friend, call him a sympathizer, call him what you will, but at the same time the high priest knew he was a friend of Jesus. Don't you think maybe if you were involved in something in your town or in your government, they would know whether or not you were a friend of Jesus? They would know whether or not you attended church? They would know whether or not you believed the Bible? They would know whether or not you were a Christian? It is very, very interesting. People know more about us than we perhaps suspect. And it is good that we have some influence. Even though you might consider it a small influence, it is an influence which is taken note of. And here it is taken note of right by the high priest himself. The high priest knows it. And this disciple is even allowed to go to the door so the maid can be told to open the door for Peter to come in. And of course Peter is tested about, about his relationship to Christ and he, he kind of, um, well we might say he, he's a failure in that. But um, all of these things are to work together for good to those who are called of God according to his purpose. And Peter was called of God according to the purpose of the Lord. And so it's interesting, we should take note of these things and realize that, yes, Jesus' teachings was known to the world, verse 20. It was not taught in secret. He taught in the synagogue. He taught in the temple. He taught where the Jews always resorted. And so even among the people. So in the synagogue, in the temple, among the Jews... And he says, and in secret have I said nothing. Um, so it's good that we be like Jesus, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. It's good that we are like Jesus, and that people know what we believe and what we teach about Jesus. It's good for people to know that. And we should tell them and let them know. Verse 21, Jesus says, Why ask thou me? Ask them who heard me. What I have said unto them, behold, they know what I have said. And so Jesus basically just told them, well, go ask people. Uh, people, These same people that were in the synagogue, in the temple, and uh, in the multitude of those people who were round about, go ask them um, what I have said. I guess a few years ago now, quite a few years ago, they, they put out a t-shirt that says, is, if you are a Christian, is there enough evidence to convict you of being a Christian? And they had some kind of a scripture thing on the t-shirt, you know. Um, well, when we stop and think about that, there ought to be enough evidence to people to know that we are Christians. There should be some evidence there. In other words, we should be saying something, we should be living something, we should be standing for something. People ought to know what we represent and, and who we are. 
that we are truly followers of Christ, that we are disciples of Christ. And this is the same thing here, about the same thing. Jesus is saying, go ask them. Go ask them. They know what I have said. They know what I have taught and where I have taught it. Go ask them. You don't have to ask me these things. And so he, he knew that they already knew, uh, but uh, of course they wanted to try to catch him in something uh, more. Verse 22, And when he had thus spoken, one of the officers stood by, struck Jesus with the palm of his hand, saying, Answerest thou the high priest so? Uh, and of course, this is uh, again. This is very disrespectful, isn't it? That they should strike the Lord. They would strike him. Um, typically, there was supposed to be if there was a fault with a person, and he was taken before the council or the high priest. There should be two or three witnesses to come and to give statement about Jesus, about the person who was who was being tried or or accusations of being brought against him. So to strike Jesus uh, without regard to witnesses and so forth uh, was a a violation. They should not have done that. And Jesus answered him, If I have spoken evil, bear witness of the evil. But if well, why smitest thou me? Uh, And so they, they had acted improperly by doing this. And Jesus uh, was holding them to account. Now, verse 24, now uh, Annas had sent him bound unto Caiaphas, the high priest. And Simon Peter stood and warmed himself. Now, again here, uh, he's warming himself on, 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 right at the fire where those coals were. Verse 18, he talks about those coals. He's warming himself. Peter stood and warmed himself. Then said, therefore, unto him, Art not thou also one of the disciples? He denied it and said, I'm not. So he denies it right there. Um, a second time. And uh, so one of the servants of the high priest, being the, his kinsman, the kinsman of the high priest, whose ear Peter cut off, saith, Did not I see thee in the garden with him? Peter then denied again, and immediately the cock crowed. And so three times... Uh, we find that uh, Peter is asked whether or not he was a disciple of Christ. And he said, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. And then the cock crowed. And um, immediately, of course, Peter is struck with the words of the Lord that he would deny him three times before the cock crowed. And... um, uh, interesting, you know, again, that we find that by prophecy, the Lord employs here a rooster. <laughs> to, to be one of the places he employs a donkey <laughs> to kind of shut the mouth of, of Balaam. And now he employs a rooster to shut the mouth of Peter. <laughs> So, kind of interesting, isn't it, when you stop and think about it? <laughs> and of course, this wasn't just any rooster that crowed, <laughs> because there must have been a lot of roosters around there in Jerusalem. <laughs> this was the one that crowed when Peter denied the Lord. When Peter denied the Lord. Um, and so, um, I guess uh, the old. Uh, proverbial statement, uh, be sure your sins will find you out. Um, uh, The chickens come home to roost, and perhaps a few other proverbial statements you could come up with. We find that uh, Peter is reminded very quickly that what he was doing was not right. That he he, he had denied the Lord when he should not have. This, this disciple who was unnamed is known to be a disciple, a friend of Jesus by even the high priest. But it, this, this unknown disciple admits it. He is known. And he goes to the servant at the door and, and tells her to let Peter in. But Peter, a servant of the Lord, a true disciple of Christ, he does not want to be known as a disciple of Christ. And so he denies 
and denied and denied again. And so Jesus is questioned by the high priest. And we find that this questioning um, has uh, led to these events and activities having to do with Peter and uh, his denial. Um, Okay, let's look at verse 26. One of the servants of the high priest, being the kinsman, whose ear Peter cut off, saith, Did not I see thee in the garden with him? Peter then denied again, and immediately the cock crowed. Verse 28, Then led they Jesus from Caiaphas unto the hall of judgment, and it was early. So this was early in the morning. Um, and, uh, and evidently it was the day of the Passover, uh, because um, the Jews would not go into the hall of judgment, it says, because... They did not want to be defiled before they ate the Passover. Then led they Jesus from Caiaphas unto the hall of judgment, and it was early. And they themselves went not into the judgment hall, lest they should be defiled, but that they might eat the Passover. Pilate then went out unto them and said, What accusation bring ye against this man? Now, of course, Pilate is uh, the appointed governor of Judea. He is there as the official authority of Rome. And he's given this responsibility to um, handle these uh, various situations that arise. And we find that uh, the Jews bring then Jesus to Pilate to judge, to the judgment hall. And he wants to question and find out what the accusations were. In verse 30, they answered and said unto him, If he were not a male factor, we would not have delivered him up unto thee. And so they consider him to be kind of a dangerous character, in other words, um, and uh, one that should be delivered up to be judged. Um, But Pilate is not convinced at all, Then said Pilate unto them, Take ye him, and judge him according to your law. The Jews therefore said unto him, It is not lawful for us to put any man to death. Now, of course, that isn't exactly true, is it? Uh, Because the Jews did have authority to stone or to execute people um, who were taken in adultery or various crimes. Um, uh, We find later on they even stoned Stephen, uh, who was became the first martyr of the Christian church. Um, and uh, the only thing he did, uh, according to the law, was blasphemy in relationship to uh, talking about Jesus as being the true Son of God. And, of course, they couldn't have that. And they, they wanted to kill him. Uh, so the, the Jewish officials were using this as an opportunity to uh, get rid of the responsibility and to place it on Pilate and allow that the Roman government deal with the insurrection, as they might would call it, uh, concerning Jesus, who they believed was trying to overthrow the authority of Rome. That was one of the kind of uh, accusations they would have brought against Jesus, uh, because uh, they wanted uh, Rome to take care of this matter. In verse 32, that the saying of Jesus might be fulfilled, which he spoke, signifying what death he should die. And of course, throughout the word of God and throughout the ministry of Jesus, uh, he brought up the subject of his death, burial, and resurrection, and uh, that he would die. And he says, I, even I, will be lifted up upon a, a cross. And we remember the, the type that he used, even as the serpent was lifted up in the wilderness and he spoke about himself and he would be lifted up that all men should be drawn unto him. And we find that uh, only through this means of delivering Jesus to Pilate, to Rome, and to suffer the executions that Rome would, would apply to Jesus, would he actually be lifted up. Uh, and, and fulfill the type of prophecy concerning his death. Because the Jewish means of execution was usually stoning, and there's no lifting up to that. 
they rather cast them down and throw stones at them, and, and uh, they, they uh, kill them by a very cruel uh, means. Uh, but we find that uh, here, um, the signifying what death he should die would speak directly to the Roman means of execution, which is crucifixion. Then Pilate entered into the judgment hall again, and called Jesus and said unto him, Art thou the king of the Jews? Uh, so he, he questions him a second time um, concerning his crimes, if you will. Uh, verse 34, Jesus answered him, Sayest thou this of thyself, or did others tell it thee of me? And so Jesus uh, simply uh, asked him, well, how, did you, how did you come up with this question? Uh, do you, did, did others tell you that I claim to be king of the Jew? Or how did you, did you come up with this? Pilate answered, am I a Jew? Well, this might have been considered to be um, culturally something that would maybe answer the question. Uh, certainly Pilate wasn't a Jew, he was a Greek. And uh, maybe he might not be fully aware of everything that w- they were saying about Jesus. Yet on the other hand, we find that he might have been trying to shift the blame back to the Jews again and didn't want to take full responsibility for who uh, and what was going to happen to Christ. But Pilate answers, uh, answers the question with the, with the question, uh, Am I a Jew? Um, Thine own nation and the chief priests have delivered thee unto me what hast thou done? Now see, again, he, he puts the question back to Jesus. Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from here. And so uh, uh, he, Jesus basically tells them uh, that he had an eternal kingdom not an earthly kingdom that he was seeking to establish. Uh, The kingdom of God in the hearts and lives of people. And uh, he even goes on to say that, but now my kingdom is not from here. Uh, Obviously, you know, later on in the prophetic writings, Jesus would be king on the earth during the millennial kingdom. But uh, that is not what he's talking about here. Here he is talking about the kingdom of God, which, which is in the hearts and lives of people uh, for knowing Christ. Remember, John came preaching uh, concerning the kingdom of God. He came baptizing unto repentance for the kingdom of God was at hand and that Jesus had come. And, of course, we know that uh, the earthly kingdom, even though the Jews looked for an earthly Messiah, Jesus would not fulfill that role at this particular juncture. He came to die for the sins of the world. He came to establish uh, in the hearts and lives of people the true faith of eternal life that would lead them to a kingdom beyond the earth, beyond the natural, be this in the supernatural. And of course, Nicodemus asked us basically the same question of Christ, uh, asking who he was, and, and uh, only God can do the things that you are doing. And Jesus says to him, you must be born again. Uh, you, to, you, you are born of the spirit of the flesh, but you must be born of the spirit. You must be born from above. And so here Jesus is referring more to that. In verse 37, Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king? Then Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born And for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Uh, So Jesus admitted uh, in a way to saying that he was a king, but it was not for uh, as they intended. Uh, He came to die for the sins of the world. He says, to this end was I born. For this cause came I into this world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. And of course, Jesus is called in uh, John fourteen six the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And so Jesus uh, is the truth himself. He is the living truth of God. He is the word of God which came down from heaven. He is the incarnate of God. And so everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice, he says. 
everyone that heareth that is of the truth, everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. And so those who would hear the voice of the Messiah, Peter, James, John, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, uh, those disciples that was close to Jesus, they would hear the truth. The multitude that often resorted unto Jesus would hear the truth. Mary and Martha would hear the truth. Uh, we find there would be many who resorted unto Christ who would hear the truth. Even after Jesus had died and was resurrected and went back to heaven, we find that many would hear the truth about Christ. And the gospel would be preached throughout Ju Judea. Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and unto the ends of the earth would the gospel be proclaimed and even today the gospel is heard and people who know the truth hear the truth and believe the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. Pilate saith unto him, what is truth? So Pilate, seemed, the only thing Pilate can do is, is, is to answer, ask another question. And so now, Jesus had brought up this matter of it being uh, truth, uh, and uh, those who hear the truth, believe the truth, and so Pilate says, what is truth? What is truth? Um, and uh, where is Pilate coming from in this particular case? Well, we do know that the Greeks were great lovers of debate. And we find that the Areopagus and later on Paul would confront many who were questioning him about Jesus. And Jesus, uh, the gospel would be proclaimed to them. Uh, but they, of course, would continue to debate who Jesus was. Now remember that uh, they, uh, that means the, the Greeks were philosophers, uh, Aristotle, Plato, and many of those who uh, stood out among the Greeks uh, were philosophers of their own day. And uh, truth was something that was uh, transient. It wasn't solid. It was not. Uh, it wasn't absolute. In other words, truth to the Greek was not absolute. And so, when Pilate said this, "What is truth?" You know, it went to his own ideology and his own idea of of life and and so forth. They believed in the gods, the mythical the mythical gods, and uh, and they were forever being uh, uh, affected by the gods. And so, truth was something that was very um, uh, kind of transient to them. And when he had said this, he went out again unto the Jews and saith unto them, I find in him no fault at all. Well, when Pilate had asked him all these questions, and, and then he came to the end of his questioning, uh, he still was, he didn't know what the truth was, you see. He really didn't know. Um, what, what the big hubbub was about Jesus. Uh, and because Jesus didn't even claim to be an earthly king. Uh, he only claimed to be born to fulfill the role of this one who would die for his people. And so Pilate went back out and tried to find out more, but he could not. And uh, he said, I find no fault in him at all. And then we come to uh, the conclusion of this part in the judgment hall. And it says, But ye have a custom that I should release unto you one of the Passover. Uh, one at Passover. And so uh, uh, at this particular junction of this Jewish uh, religious holiday, the Passover, uh, this custom was often fulfilled. Will ye therefore that I release unto you the king of the Jews? Uh, would you, do, you want, do you want Jesus? And then they cried again, saying, Not this man, but Barabbas. They wanted a, a thief and a robber, a murderer, uh, one who had committed great crimes against Rome and against um, the Jewish people, and they would rather have him. It kind of reminds us today that those who um, are crying out so much against uh, Christianity often want something different and something which is worse than what God himself has uh, provided for them. What did God provide through Christ? He provided a means of redemption. He provided a means of forgiveness of sins. He provided one who would come and would be a sacrificial lamb for the sins of the world. 
He provided those, those teachings of moral and true religious uh, law within the royal law, the, the law of loving your neighbor and to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength, but they would rather have a murderer and a thief and a robber than they had to honor the Son of God. And this is usually the way that it is because those who are in sin only want to be in the company of those who are sinners. They want, they want the company of others like themselves. And so we find that it is at an impasse for Pilate. He has no way out. And to fulfill the custom of the, of the Passover, he offers up one of these who are accused. Either Pilate, uh, either, uh, Pilate is to give up Christ or he is to give up Barabbas to them. And they choose the latter. They choose Barabbas. And uh, if they had the same chance today, they would do the same thing. They would do the same thing. That is the sad reality of it all. Because only God can provide a means of redemption and salvation to the sinful hearts of men. Only God can give the means of eternal life. And so we are left to preach the gospel of Christ and to allow his word to take effect upon the hearts and lives of people and to bring true repentance and faith to them. It is the goodness of God that leadeth to repentance. The sinful heart of man will take Barabbas every single time. And so uh, at this particular point in the narrative, of course, uh, Pilate does not have a lot of options. He tries later, of course, to wash his hands of the whole affair. But even that would not absolve him of the historical uh, responsibility that would be placed upon him as being the one who would sentence Jesus to death. And so we'll leave it there and pick it up next time in chapter 19. Shall we pray? Father, we do thank you for our Lord Jesus Christ who died for our sins according to the scriptures and who was buried and rose again on the third day and was victorious over sin and death and that wherever the message of the gospel of God and of salvation is preached, we find the hope of eternal life is given to those who will believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. And we thank you for this wonderful message of Christ in redemption and for the great sacrifice that, you, that the Lord Jesus Christ gave for, for us that we might know and have the hope of eternal life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.